Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And I'm live here from Capitol Alehouse in Innsbruck on a victory Monday. Recapping the Commanders win the rest of the NFL Sunday slate and getting you geared up for two Monday night football games tonight. The defense, for the second time in a row this season, took the game from the Denver Broncos. Just turned it around completely with the amount of pressure that they got. Seven pressures from Chase Young, two sacks, one QB hit. Seven pressures from Montez Sweat, two sacks. The two met in the backfield together. That's what we had been hoping for all of last season. Didn't happen. John Allen, seven, uh, six pressures, no sacks, but he was getting uh, to the quarterback with ease. Deron Payne, five pressures, one sack, three quarterbacks hit, and all these, that one series where he completely flipped the game. Right, Christopher, call Danny one more time here. Uh, he's going to try to hop on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline with us. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Um, so if you want to chime in throughout the show, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. The question of the day on the Richmond Commander is, did you feel like at any point in that game that the Commanders were going to lose? Or were you like me? I always felt like a comeback was possible because of the way our offense was driving down the field. Yes, they were sending for field goals, but they were getting down the field. They were converting on third downs throughout the entire game, so I always felt like there was a chance we could come back. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can hear him right here on 910 The Fan from 3 to 6.30 alongside Grant Polson. It's Danny Ruye. What's going on, Danny? What do you say, brother? Just a standard Sunday afternoon game. You know, no back and forth, no dramatics there. Just a, just a casual win. I, my pulse was very, very low and calm the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a win. Uh, 35-33. What, what impressed you the most? You know, was it the rushing attack, 122 yards? Was it Sam Howell, 299 yards throughout the air? Or was it maybe the defense making plays? It's hard, to, it's hard to say that all of those things were so good when they gave up drives on their first three possessions, right, on defense. It's hard to say those things were so good when they didn't have much going on offense, uh, you know, e- even with some of the drives, as you mentioned, set up for field goal attempts, but the sacks, the pressures, and, and a couple of near turnovers. But you're right about all of that. There were certainly moments of lows. To me, the most important thing, and I hate this, this is so cheesy, this is like tough guy football talk type stuff, but the resiliency. I mean, as, as, as down as I am in general on Ron Rivera, the, the executive, and at times I think he's a pretty middling head coach, I mean, his record sort of proves that, they play hard for him, and there's no quit in this group. So usually what they do is they start out pretty poorly uh, in September and October, climb out of that hole with sort of grit and guts and you know, winning uh, you know, these 17-16 type games, but there is no quit in this group. There's a lot of fight, and I think that actually matters an awful lot. When you're not a great club, and they're not yet, they're not in the realm of some of the elite teams, they're going to see a couple of them here in the next couple of weeks. But that stuff matters in a league that's really razor thin, that's close. I mean, look at some of the dramatic comebacks that happened yesterday in their own division. The Giants had no business winning the game that they won against Arizona, yet here they are uh, you know, it, it basically salvaging their season. Instead of an 0-2 start, they're now staring down the barrel of, of maybe some relevancy. And, and Washington needed these two games, quite frankly, because I think their schedule was really arduous. Harvesting your nuts, as they like to say, uh, getting a couple of wins the way that they did have been incredible. Danny Ruye with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Danny, what is your theory 
or reason why the defensive line has been so dominant in the third quarters of games. My theory is, like, you go to the gym and you're lifting weights and the first couple reps are fine, but by the time you're doing that third set, it's so tough. And so the offensive linemen are lifting weights trying to stop Allen and Payne by the third quarter. I think they're all gassed. I, I think there's something to that. I, I would also say it, Jack Del Rio deserves credit uh, on, on this front, right? Whether it's a, an, an adjustment that, you know, regular mortal eyes like mine – can't see or perceive uh, something is changing in these games, right? I mean, you touched on it. They, they have been really good, especially in the second half, third quarters, they've stiffened and all of a sudden think of that possession that Deron Payne had three consecutive plays, you know, sack tackle for loss, batted down pass. Now it's your time to punt those kind of things. These are the same players in the first half, but something is changing, whether the group is wearing them down. I think that's a factor, but also maybe an adjustment, maybe, a, maybe a stunt, maybe something, uh, you know, that they noticed in one of those uh, pictures that they look at of the Microsoft Surface that says, hey, if you, you know, if uh, John Allen, if you occupy this guard, I can go across his face and next thing you know, one of us will be in the backfield. There's been something that's happened, an awakening uh, in the second half of these games. You'd love them to be able to play a full game, especially again with some of the yeah. opponents they have coming up, but it really has been a, almost a tale of two different defenses. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, it just seems like by the third or the fourth quarter, our, our defensive line is going to win their individual matchup every single yeah. snap. And speaking of the defensive line, I, I was shocked by how much uh, Chase Young played. You know, there was all Me the too. talk he was going to be on the pitch count. He just kept playing and playing. And the impact that he made, it just felt like every single play. Now, I, I feel the same way that he, he doesn't have that many moves when it comes to rushing the quarterback. But he was just causing havoc by pushing his guy basically into Russell Wilson. Every single snap, I was so pleasantly surprised with the play of Chase Young. I was stunned, quite frankly. Uh, I was wrong. I will admit that. I'll, I'm admitting it to you. I'll admit <laughs> it on air. Uh, when we get started at 2 o'clock, I'll probably do it once an hour. I did not expect very much. <laughs> just based on what we saw the last couple of years, honestly. You know, uh, as you said, a guy without a, a great verse, you know, uh, an array of moves, not a true pass rusher. Um, and last year, you know, when he kind of came back from that injury – just kind of looked like a chicken with his head cut off, running around, um, you know, sort of getting swallowed up by, by tackles. He was splendid yesterday. The burst was there. You saw some of the recognition. There was, my favorite play of his, Adam, wasn't necessarily one of the sacks. It was he called off his rush, figured out where the play was going. It was a backside screen and just sat yeah. on it, knocked the, the running back down, you know, pushed a couple of linemen while he was at it, and Wilson had no choice but to throw it away. That's not just a – I'm running crazy just to run. That's a cerebral recognition. Then using some of my talent to disrupt plays. I thought that was fantastic. Things like that just have been missing, Frank, the last couple of years. So maybe all the offseason rhetoric, maybe all of the, uh, you know, I'm doing it, doing it my own way, which hasn't really been effective for the last couple of seasons. Maybe there is something to it. He looked fantastic, and I did not expect it. It's Danny Ruye with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check out Grant and Danny from 3 to 6.30 right here on 910 The Fan, always available on the Odyssey app. How do you and Grant feel about the special teams with the field goals? I, I, I mean, are we blaming Joey Sly at all? Is it only on Cameron Cheeseman? Is it like the whole group as a whole? Are we blaming Ron Rivera for, for not cutting him in the offseason? What's your take? This is a Rivera Cheeseman production. Uh, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> Sometimes competition's important. Other times it's not. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, one of the things they love to tell you about whenever you ask on or off the record is look how many of our draft picks we kept. Well, you're the guy yeah. that decides if you keep them or not, right? You're the guy that made them. And then look at that. The head coach is there having influence uh, over who gets selected or not. Remember, they traded up to, to select Cam Cheeseman uh, not that long ago, moving on from Nick Sundberg. 
So I have no patience for anything less than perfect snaps every time. It's probably not fair, but that's the reality, especially when your margins are so razor thin. As it is in the NFL for most teams, and I think especially this one, it's not okay. You simply cannot have bad snaps. Tressway has done an incredible job. You think of the first game where he, you know, he caught one that was high. He's caught ground balls like he's uh, my six-year-old on a youth baseball field. Uh, it is not okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, the idea that there was – they just sort of say, yeah, we're working on it. I don't need you to work on it. I need it fixed. I need it fixed now. I feel bad at someone's life, at someone's livelihood. It's their profession. But that simply cannot go on for another second. I don't know where the competition is. I don't know if there's a long snapper hotline. I just know that something needs to be done ASAP. Danny, great stuff as always, man. Look at us, two, two victory Mondays in a row doing radio. How fun is that, man? It, it's way more fun than the alternative. And remember, Dan Snyder is not on the team anymore. It's just so bleeping <laughs> delightful. Just watching a football game, win, lose, or draw, that bastard tyrant is somewhere else, uh, hopefully stubbing his toe every five steps. It's so much fun just to watch the team that I grew up loving that I could sort of love unfettered again, right? There's nothing in the way. There's no kind of like I have to work my way around certain mental obstacles or, or excuse my own behavior. It's just fun to watch a football team compete their butts off like they did yesterday, man. It's, it's been great. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. Talk to you again soon. You got it, brother. Talk soon. Yep, phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. What did you think of the Commanders' 35-33 to victory? When we return, I'm going to try a new segment here on a Victory Monday. The who, what, when, where, how, and why the Commanders won the game. That's coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a Victory Monday. You're rocking with the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and Odyssey Richmond is proud to be Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app, 910 The Fan, or WRVA, 1140 AM, while the Squirrels season is still going on, and there is playoff baseball at the Diamond tomorrow. Um, and then we also have a full two-hour post-game show, the gut check that I was in on yesterday, recapping the game. And phone lines are open throughout this show, 833-804-0910. It's time for the Commander's Corner, 833-804-0910. Who, what, when, where, how, and why did the Commanders win and go to 2-0 and for the first time since 2011. 833-804-0910. Let me hear that hail to the Commanders, Chris, to get me in the mood here as it is 1247 here on a Victory Monday. So let's start with the who. The Commanders, 2-0 for the first time since 2011. Who? Because Ron Rivera went out and hired the smartest offensive mind in football that was not being named a head coach. We don't need to get into it. It's unfair. Eric Bieniemy, two Super Bowls. He wins another one against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles' offensive and defensive coordinators get head coaching jobs. Eric Bieniemy forced to move cross-country and take another position as the offensive coordinator. But the who? The who is Eric Bieniemy. He's the reason the team is 2-0 for the first time since 2011. He's my game MVP. I give him my game ball because what a game plan. His team has not scored 35 points all offensively in a long time, and they put up 35 yesterday against the Denver Broncos because of the impressive play calling of Eric Bieniemy. The what? The what is what a breath of fresh air to see Chase Young. And not just see Chase Young on the field, you know, and his, you know, his long dreadlocks and his jersey and his, you know, his buff biceps. He looks like a monster, right? 
But not just seeing him on the field. Seeing him on the field making plays, impacting a game, getting a sack and a half. You know, not it won't show up in the box score, but I'll tell you this. He's going to be all over the game film. Because like I told Danny Ruya last segment, it felt like every snap that he was on the field, he was a disruptor. And he helped lead to the game-changing turnover in which Jamin Davis was able to have a strip fumble from Russell Wilson. Chase Young, you deserve the recognition. The what for this game? It's going to be what a breath of fresh air it is to see Chase Young. Now go and ball and stay humble throughout the rest of the season. When? Well, I, I mentioned it. When Washington got the Jamin Davis strip sack turnover from Russell Wilson, that changed the game. They finally got the tiniest bit of momentum to go out there and make a play or two. And you know what? They capitalized on that when they scored 11 points in two minutes, in four minutes there, to get back in the game. That's when I said to my buddy when I was watching the game, with, I said, hey, we got ourselves a football game. Anything could happen in this second half. From that moment on, we went out there and won it. When? When Jamin Davis had the strip tackle of Russell Wilson. Where? Where was this game won? Well, I think this game was won once again in the trenches, just like last week. Once Deron Payne started eating up offensive linemen, once Chase got in, once Chase and Montez Sweat met in the backfield, then Denver had no answer for Washington. Offensively, the rushing attack. Where was the game won? In the trenches once again, winning at the point of attack. Some sacks, yes, but the offensive line pushed the pile and ran successfully for 122 yards on the ground, a 5.3 average, very impressive, all right? That's so impressive. Where was this game won? The game was won by the offensive and defensive line for the Commanders. How? The question how for me is, how did Sam Howell stay focused? How did Sam Howell stay poised while dealing with an 18-point deficit? How did he do that? Well, you got to give credit to Eric Bieniemy and also credit to Sam Howell, the young quarterback, found his tight ends. They were huge yesterday. And I always say this, a young quarterback's best friend is his tight end. A young quarterback's BFF is his tight end. It was John Bates, three catches, 46 yards. It was Cole Turner, two catches, 21 yards. It was Logan Thomas. I hope he can get healthy because, my goodness, he got crushed in the end zone and somehow concussed, hung onto the football. I mean, the, the defender was ejected for headhunting. How did Sam Howe stay focused and poised? By throwing in between the hashes to his tight ends. They were huge in this win. How about the Y? We got to talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. Why the hell did Washington go down 21-3, to right? Why did they go down so much so early? And I think the answer is because they did not convert in the red zone, right? That was an issue all last season. And I feel like if Scott Turner was still the offensive coordinator, they might have still had three points in the fourth quarter. But once they started converting in the red zone, the points started racking up. I mean, they were moving the ball all game with ease. Just kind of settling for field goal attempts. You miss the first one. You make the second one. That should have been 14 points. Then all of a sudden, you get seven instead of settling for three, and it's a shift. And that's how they scored 21 points in the second half. Three for three on red zone drives, right? And then three for three overall throughout the game there, uh, um, especially when it came to the second half of the game, you had the issue first first drive. You get down the field. We blame. We absolutely blame the long snapper. It was a terrible snap. Uh, Tressway gets does a good job to get it down, but the kick is wide right. And then they miss another field goal later on. It was a decent snap. Joey Slide just missed it. But once you start getting past midfield and getting into the end zone, that's how that's how you win games. Why did Washington get down so much early? 
because they were not scoring touchdowns when the Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos were. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. It feels so good to be discussing a commander's victory with you guys here on a victory Monday. It is a new era now in Washington, right? I mean, it sure feels like it. No more Dan Snyder. In comes Josh Harris. He's fixing the fan experience, right? Fixed it in training camp. Fixed it week one at FedEx Field. I'm going to give Josh Harris credit. The fan experience is a lot better when your team comes from behind and wins a road game in the fourth quarter. It is a new era in Washington, and here's the big difference. I feel like last year somebody would have fought with each other, right? I mean, do you remember when Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen were fighting on the sidelines? It is a new era in Washington where nobody was complaining when they were down big. Nobody blamed each other. They just kept fighting. And finally, something went our way, and then boom, from then on it was like an avalanche. Everything started going Washington's way. You watch, you know. We got on that roll, 11 points with another five minutes to go in the first half. That completely swung the game. Then you came out of the half fired up, right? This is a game that the old team loses, but no longer. This is a new era in Washington, and the team that was down by 18 goes up by 11 and holds on for a two-point victory, 35-33. to And I just can't say enough good things about Eric Bieniemy. The play calling was unbelievable. Sam Howell threw the ball 30 times in the first half. Just nine throws in the second half, and yet the team scores 21 points. Balance. That's balance right there. And you know what? It wasn't just, hey, run, 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 run. It was run, 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 screen pass. And something that Andy Reid has done to perfection in the NFL for a long time is understand when his offensive line is struggling, and they need to run a screen pass there. And it stops the pass rushers and makes them think for a second here. And not we didn't just hit them with one screen. We burned them with two or three. It wasn't just Robinson. It was Robinson and Antonio Gibson. And then a screen pass to Cole Turner. I mean, how about that creative play call there? A screen to the tight end that picked up the first down. The creativity by Eric Bieniemy is why the team got the win. And the creativity of Eric Bieniemy is why Ron Rivera is my team MVP in the offseason. You know, he was too loyal for too long to Scott Turner. But think about it for a second. What if he had Scott fired Scott Turner two years ago? And then he what? He brings in the hot name. It's Matt Nagy or something like that. Well, it wouldn't have been Eric Bieniemy. He had to fire Scott Turner at the perfect time. It worked out to perfection for Washington as they won the offense, uh, the offseason by getting the best offensive genius in football to come from Kansas City to Washington. And now Kansas City struggling to score 20 points, and Washington hung 35 on the road at mile high against the Denver Broncos. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Were you like me, where as much as it sucked to be down 18 points, I really wasn't worried all game long because of the way our offense was moving. 833-804-0910. Take your phone calls next on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. This just in from the NFL, Broncos defensive back Kareem Jackson will not face a suspension for his unnecessary roughness penalty on commander's tight end Logan Thomas. So 
No suspension for Kareem Jackson. We're all hoping that Logan Thomas can make a speedy recovery from that terrible hit in which he suffered a concussion. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. How long have you been waiting for this new era of Washington football? And it truly is a new era. It feels like it. We're down pig. No, I mean, huge. 18 points, three possession. Nobody complaining. You know, there's no Stephon Diggs on the sideline complaining about his quarterback. You know, there's no defensive tackles punching each other like John Allen and Deron Payne in previous seasons. We just kept fighting. Nobody blaming each other. And finally, something went our way. And then, boom, just like that, everything started going the commander's way. And we got to talk more about that 11-point swing in five minutes left in the first half because that completely swung the game. All of a sudden, Washington was right back in it. Right, I mean, you were down 21 to three. Now it's 21-14, and with one drive in the third quarter, it's a tie game once again. That simply does not happen in the previous years. Why? Because much like their head coach Ron Rivera, the offensive coordinator was never a risk taker. Two games in a row now, they've done the opposite of what they would have done in the past: throw after a mistake and try to score points right before the half. So many games I remember, you know, going to games with my dad, season ticket holder for 70 years or 17 years, or just watching the games, and I'd see us taking a knee right before half with 30 seconds on the clock and multiple timeouts, and I'm screaming, in Madden you can get a field goal. Why can't they do that in real life? That doesn't happen anymore. Coach Eric Bieniemy is a risk taker, and we are seeing the positives from that. It's given everyone confidence. You take risks, and you're going to be rewarded in the NFL. We would never have thrown after a bad fumble by the quarterback last year. Rivera, his biggest issue for me has always been that he plays not to lose. He plays not to lose the game. The enemy plays to win. It's as simple as that, and that's why this new era of Washington football has started 3-0 in the preseason and 2-0 start the regular season of the Josh Harris era because of Eric Bieniemy. The new era is being ushered in by Eric Bieniemy. He needs to be given credit for this win and the offense's 35-point performance. How about this from David Aldridge of The Athletic? He says, after throwing the ball 30 times in the first half, Eric Bieniemy calmed down and started grinding out yards on the ground. Brian Robinson Jr. scored twice. Then the screen game that Bieniemy and Andy Reid used to destroy opponents' wills in Kansas City, and they broke off some huge plays that the Commanders pulled off an 18-point comeback to get a road victory 35-33. to 833-804-0910 if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Looks like my dad wants to chime in here on a Victory Monday. What's going on, Pop? Dad. <laughs> well, it is a great Victory uh, Monday, and uh, I'm uh, very excited about it. And what's funny is that I was uh, leading a tour, a last-minute thing, and I came back with two minutes left in the half seeing 21-3 or three minutes or four minutes, whatever it was. And from that moment, they just dominated. They were incredible. Yep. I think they went down the field and scored four out of five times, five out of six times. Uh, it was incredible. How about Chase Young? I mean, you heard me last Saturday. I, I was laying into him. I couldn't believe that he, uh, that he's missing week one because of, because of a stinger in his neck. But, man, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the way he played last night. Well, what happened was, remember, they said that it looks like he's going to be out for two weeks. And then it was, I think, Thursday or Friday or Wednesday that they said Chase Young's going to play. So then I, I figured it'd be limited. 
And then I saw him, you know, he, he had a couple of bad moments, but so many good moments. And he was yeah. so psyched, and that's what we need. We need one more guy on the defense, and we need to, you know, get into the quarterback. But, um, you know, I, I, the one thing I'm disappointed is, um, you know, the end score looks like it was a really close game. And that was a terrible call. The guy's one leg was out. And you're right, the ball should have only gone to the 10-yard line, and it should have been knocked down. That was a big mistake. But I hate to see, you know, a two-point victory when we were dominating. And, you know, it, it should have been, uh, you know, the, the final score should have been. The, I know, you know but the, you, you've uh, been saying this for 10. years, and every time I tell you, Dad, I get it. It sucks we didn't win by 9 or 11, but a win is a win is a win. A tie is a loss, and there are no such things as moral victory. So it is a win, and it's a win, and now we're 2-0. Oh, I love it. I definitely yeah. love it. We do have the toughest schedule in the next few games. Um, uh, hopefully we can be like last year and surprise Philadelphia. I think we've got a much better team than the one that we beat them last year. So yeah. for them to beat us twice, I think it's going to be tough. Um, at the same time, it's going to be tough for us to just win one. Uh, they are rated, what, number one, number two. And believe it or not, I looked at, I like looking at the ratings. We were top ten in one guy and another, I think, 12 or something. So a couple of victories makes everybody look at us and say, wow, who are, who are these commanders? Yeah. You know, so, how, um, how impressed are I'm you, hopeful. Dad, with – how impressed are you with – Eric Bieniemy's play calling. I mean, for years we would go to the games and it would drive us crazy that there were no trick plays, there were no reverses. You know, it felt like they would never run a screen pass at the right time. The quarterback was always running for his life. I love the play calling. It is so refreshing to see a guy that takes risks and his creativity and the way he's getting everyone involved. I mean, I, I could not believe the impact that he has made. In just two games, we look like a completely different team offensively. I mean, that was an incredible uh, comeback, and it was due a lot to all those plays. And and for a guy that got shot twice in his leg, there were three, four, five times that Brian Robinson dragged people for an extra four yards, six yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, uh, and Gibson with, with that one fantastic run. Um, and the catches, the, you know, it's, we, we've got a team. We really have something going. And I just hope that, um, you know, we can somehow come through with a couple of uh, more, uh, well, not more of, but a couple of miraculous victories against maybe a couple of top five teams. So it's going to be exciting. Feels good. Definitely. It feels good. It's exciting. Everyone's fired yeah. up, and the team is 2-0. and Dad, I appreciate you chiming in. Anything else you wanted to, to bring to the table here today, or are you good? You run out all your stuff. Yeah, when are we when are we going to a game together? I'm ready. So oh, that's a good point. Start, that's a good start point. making some plans. All yeah. right, maybe this um, Sunday against Buffalo. Except for I'm worried about that uh, game. I'd rather go to a game that's going to be a guaranteed victory. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can't. There is no guarantee, Adam. Come on, come on. There's no. You know, <laughs> look at New York. You know, Arizona so terrible and they ranked 31st or something. And Arizona could, should have easily beaten them. You know, that was yeah. a miraculous comeback. So, you know, yep. every team on any day can be can be an excellent team. This is professional yep. football players. And I don't like that call. Yep. I think that, that he should be uh, suspended or taking a lot of money. That was a horrible thing to just knock him after that. I know. 
Uh, I, I mean, believe me, it was, was depressing terrible. to look at Logan Thomas barely moving on, on the ground in the end zone. And somehow he was still holding the, guy, the ball with his hands. Yeah, you could end the guy's career on that, and he gets nothing. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, you, You've got to tell people you can't do that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But uh, have a great show. All right, show. Dad, thanks for chiming in. And uh, Sure, bye now. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. A quick box score breakdown here. Uh, for the Commanders, 35-33 victory in which the team scored 11 in the second quarter and then 14 in the fourth quarter to complete the comeback. Sam Howell, 27 of 39 for 299 yards. Brian Robinson, so impressive. 18 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. McLaurin, the catch of the season, he has 54 yards and one touchdown. 26 first downs for Washington to just 21 first downs for the Denver Broncos. Although Washington's third down efficiency wasn't great, 3 of 10, they did have that one fourth down conversion. And 388 total yards, very impressive right there. 5.9 yard average uh, yards per play. And then it came down to the turnovers. Zero turnovers for Washington, two turnovers for the Denver Broncos as Washington goes from down 18 to a two-point victory on the road, and they return home to face off against the Buffalo Bills, 2-0 on the season, and right in the thick of things of this NFC East, which was, again, the beasts of the East with all four teams going undefeated week two of the NFL season. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We've got a special guest, Santana Moss, will join the program next on The Fan. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a Victory Monday. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Sant- Santana Moss with us right now, very special guest, joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline because he's coming to Richmond. We love Richmond, and Santana Moss is coming to town. What's going on, Santana? Adam, we good with you, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. So tell the audience a little bit about why you're coming to Richmond tonight. Well, you know, I decided to pull up. You know, a, a, a big friend of mine, he uh, he owned that, that nice new facility that y'all have out there called The Park. And, you know, it's football season, man. And so when you want to bring the fans out, we thought Monday night. We know the story with me and Monday night, my first year here. So we say let's have a nice little party. You know, and the commanders are doing pretty good. So we bring some of that. Bring some of that winning spirit over to Richmond and uh, get some get some folks out tonight and let's have a good little time and watch some Monday Night Football. Awesome. So Santana Moss will be out at the park RVA tonight for Monday Night Football. So Santana, if fans come by, are you going to take photos, sign autographs? I mean, what can they expect tonight? I'm kissing babies, taking photos, signing autographs, you <laughs> name it. All <laughs> Whatever they want me to do. Nah, but you know, honestly, bro, um, from my from my my experiences in Richmond when we had the training camp up there, I never knew how much those guys up there really was rocking with us down this way. So, um, you know, I love the fans up there in Richmond. I love the folks. They, you know, they always show me love. So I'm, you know, this is right here nothing for me to come out there and just have a good time with them. And for all the ones that show up, man, let's just have some fun and 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 whatever they might want from me. I'm, you know, I'm I'm there for them. So that's my whole purpose. There for the night. I'm going to be there for the fans, and we're going to have a good time. I love that, man, and we're celebrating. We're all celebrating because it is a victory Monday. 
Santana, how great was that catch by Terry McLaurin in the end zone? And what kind of confidence does that give Sam Howell seeing McLaurin come down with a 50-50 ball? I mean, I'm never surprised to see Terry go up and go out there ball. It seemed like every time he gets has his opportunity, he's, he's automatic, you know. And so it was one of those situations where, you know, we've been talking about a lot of different guys. And we've been talking about Terry, you know, with the turf toe being a little hampered. We didn't know quite how much he can go or, you know, how – Ginger, will he be on that foot? But Terry just being Terry, man, he's showing you. When you put the ball up in my vicinity, I'm coming down with it. It was a great catch. It was a great spark. It was just Terry being Terry and showing how much value he, he – you know, how much you can value, you know, what he brings to this team. Santana Moss with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check him out. He'll be at the Park RVA tonight uh, for the Monday night football game. Santana, how much are you enjoying – watching Coach Eric Bieniemy go to work. I mean, it's just – it's so refreshing to see him take risks yeah. and see the offense put up 35 points. Yeah, you know what? It's very refreshing. I think when you look at the big um, scheme of things, you can see a difference instantly. Like, you see, the, you see the offense basically letting you know that – I mean, I don't know when the last time I saw our offense just, you know – drive after drive convert on third down so much. And and that's what I've been seeing since preseason with this offense. So it's very refreshing. It's great to have a coach like EB who's have that championship pedigree. And now you can kind of see, you know, where our offense is at. It's still early right now. So I know we're nowhere near where we're probably going to be come late, you know, later in the season. But it's just great to see what we're doing. And we really haven't, you know, scratched the surface yet. There's so many other guys that we haven't got involved. So I just can't wait to get everybody, you know, clicking on the same cylinder. Santana Moss with us here on the hotline. Santana, as a guy that played in the National Football League, I, I know you were on the offensive side of the ball, but defensively, you know, what is it like seeing Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron, Deron Payne, John Allen? You know, they, it seems like in the first quarter they're, they're rushing, but they're not getting home. And then all of a sudden the offensive linemen, it's too much for them to handle. By the second or third quarter, they are getting home and they are creating sacks. What's changing with the pass rush? Well, one of the things that you know from playing this game, you know, and I was a guy that played close, you know, attention to the defensive side of things because, one, you know, if you have a great front, then that makes the receiver's game that much harder because now you have to worry about your quarterback getting the ball out of his hand. So it really doesn't matter who's covering you. But it's great to have that kind of front that we have because we know that as the time goes on, they're going to wear, you know, that wearing chair going to kick in on the offensive line. So, yeah, you might be studs that first half, but if you can't play 60 minutes like that, and we know most offensive linemen, they get tired, they get gassed, depending on how the game is. You know, they wear out a little bit later in, those, later in that third and that fourth, and that's where our guys chopping at the bits. They ready to go hunt. So uh, it's great to have the front that we have. We, You know, we talk so much. We put so much capital up front, you know, just to get those guys in the first round. We have, what, four or five first-rounders, and you see how much it pays off for your team to have guys like that. Every, every one of those guys – you know, had a big part in us, you know, coming away with a victory yesterday. And that's something that I look forward to seeing more from those guys. You know, it's no more now we're going to be talking about how good they could be. You know, these guys have arrived and they understand their value. And I'm, I'm hoping to see that week in and week out, just them being dominant. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Commanders. All of the games can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app, downloaded today for free. We're here with Santana Moss, who's going to do a Monday night football meet and greet, autographs and, and hanging out with fans 
the legend for the Washington Redskins. Of course, he's a Monday night legend from the Monday Night Miracle. He'll be at the park starting at 6 p.m. The park RVA is 2601 Durham Street in Richmond, Virginia. I've been there a few times. They have one of the largest bars in Virginia. It's a great place to hang out, you know, grab some beers and watch Monday Night Football, and you can hang out with a legend, Santana Moss. And Santana, the energy right now. In this fan base. It's truly a new era. Have you met Josh Harris? What are your impressions of the new ownership group? Well, I love those guys. Yes, I met them all. And, and you know, one of the things that they, you know, when you speak to them, these guys really get it. You know, they get what it takes to, you know, have a great franchise and how valuable that, you know, this community is to the franchise. So they're going to do everything they have to do to make sure that we can get some of that, you know, that dominance when it comes to just being you know, what we used to be in the past. I know you have to win championships, you have to win games, but, you know, more than anything, when, when I got up here in 05, I remember how committed that these fans was. And, and, you know, we lost a lot of those fans the last few years, but you can see, you know, from, from week one, how many people showed up. They're slowly getting that love and getting that, you know, that commitment back from those fans who were just waiting to have somebody that could lead us in the right direction. So I'm happy what we got, you know, going on with our new ownership. And I'm just looking forward to us winning more games because we know that the more you win, the more we all can have fun and, and look forward for, you know, bigger and better things from those guys. Santana, I love listening to you, man. You do a great job on TV, radio, anything you've done. Uh, it's been great since you retired from the NFL. I wanted to give you a lot of credit for that. Uh, it's fun to hear guys like you and, and uh, Fred Smooth that played here that have stayed in town and, and have kind of joined the media now. So I want to give you a lot of credit uh, for that. And we worked together briefly with my guy Travis mm-hmm. Thomas, who is doing an awesome yeah. job in, Bal- uh, in Boston now. Have I ever told you my Monday Night Miracle story, though, Santana? No, you haven't. Lay it on me. All right, so, all right, so um, Monday Night Miracle, Cowboys, Redskins. I'm a diehard fan. I was put to bed by my sleep, by my dad. He put me to sleep. He said, you're not watching this game. I was probably 10 or 11 years old at that time, all right? Mm-hmm. But I think a year or two earlier, the command, the Skins at the time had a game that was Sunday night football. We had a lead against the Rams. I went to bed, woke up, and it was a loss, and I was heartbroken. I told myself, I'm never, ever going to bed again if there's a game still on TV. So my dad puts me to sleep. I sneak out of my room, go into the guest room, and I watch you catch the first touchdown. I'm quiet. I go back to bed. My dad comes upstairs. He tells me, hey, Santana scored. We're back in it. I fake like I didn't know anything about it. Then I snuck out of bed again and watched you catch the second touchdown. And then my dad came up, and he's trying to cheer and, and, and excite me. And I had to fake like I didn't care because I didn't want him to know that I was sneaking out of bed every single night. So I have that great memory to thank you for, man. And uh, you, you just did so many great things for the skins, man. Oh, love, man. That's wow. <laughs> you know what? Your dad, he, he kind of said, hey, screw that, man. We got a victory out of it, so I ain't going to – I ain't going to hop on him too much about him, you know, sneaking out of bed. But that's a crazy story, man. That's what's up. But, yeah, hey, man, you know, it's so crazy. Uh, for the years that I've been here, that's the first thing fans come up to me and talk to me about, that Monday night experience, them watching that or rather just, you know, hearing about it. And, you know, I'm always wild just to hear the stories because, you know, how like when you played as long as I played, I played for, what, 14 years total, 10 years here. And I kind of, you know, jokingly asked them, so that's the only thing you ever saw me do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it's always good, man, because that's the one thing that stamped me as the guy here. So, and I, you know, hey, I wouldn't have had it no other way. 
I appreciate it, and I'm always, you know, willing and, and eager to hear those stories, man. So I appreciate the fans, appreciate you, and like always, brother, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and you had a great career, but the last thing I wanted to ask you, though, is the NFL has changed now, and you're seeing so many smaller guys like yourself line up in the slot. Would you go mm-hmm. back and change anything? Because I know you did such a great job on the outside, but I still think you could have dominated in the slot as well. Yeah, I was cheated a little bit. I mean, honestly, I'm jokingly saying that. But if you really want to look at it, I played college for four years, and my primary position was, yes, I was a Z receiver on the outside, but when we get in a third down, I would go into the inside. Now, you fast forward. I did that for four years in college. I get to the pros, and I don't touch the inside until my 10th year in the pros. That is crazy, ain't it? So, you know, I feel like I was slighted a little bit because I'm like, this is how I got to your league, and you're keeping me outside. But – the one thing I tell folks when I tell this story is if you look at it, you know, you, you, never, you, you really see a guy in my size or my body, or my structure, that's able to stay on the outside like I was and like Steve Smith was. So we was two guys that came in that they told that was too small, that couldn't really play at a high level in this league and really prove everybody wrong. So we was dominant, so dominant on the outside that that was our position. And I didn't, you know, see the slot until, you know, the Shanahan's got here and that was, you know, in year 10. So – um, I can't say I would change anything. I just feel like I wish I would have had a dose of what's going on now early in my career because who knows what those numbers would have been like. But, you know, with all that being said, man, I still had a great career, and I, I wouldn't change it. You know, I wouldn't change it for nothing. Santana, while we're going down memory lane, you know, you mentioned everyone talks about Monday Night Miracle. How about Mark Brunel mm-hmm. throwing you the ball against Jacksonville in overtime? You catch it and oh spin God. and then go into the end zone. How about that play, man? So that's the play, that's the game that I speak of more than anything when, I, when they tell me my most memorable moment as a, you know, a skin, you know, my years of playing with the Redskins, that's, that stands out more than the Monday Night Miracle game because I'm a Florida guy. I grew up in Miami, yeah. Florida, and I remember I was in high school when Mark Brunel was playing for Jacksonville, the uh, Jaguars. So I remember him playing, throwing the ball to Jimmy Smith and Kenny McCardell, and now you go fast forward on, you know, 2006, and I have this moment against Jacksonville with Mark Brunel. So that was like one of those stories I tell my kids, I tell, you know, my nieces and nephews. It's something that stands out to me because it's nothing like sticking into your hometown team, especially one of the guys you know that led your hometown team. I mean, you, you really get that moment. And, I, you know, I was able to, you know, accomplish that. Two great moments in my career and both of them with Mark Brunel. That's incredible. All right, I need to let all my listeners know. Do not miss your chance to meet an NFL icon while enjoying some Monday night football. Football season is back in full swing, and the Park RVA is the ultimate spot to catch the action. You can get ready for an extra dose of excitement with a special meet and greet. Santana Moss, Redskins legend, will be at the Park RVA tonight. Thanks so much, Moss. I appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Yep, talk to you again soon. You're listening to AWOD Radio.